Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. I do want to start with plain old-fashioned Patriots because this is a game that Brent Key promised that he was going to work 365 days a year to work on winning. This is the team that, that has been dominated. Georgia Tech is. Uh, they are, they've nearly been doubled up in the total, total wins, and that just goes back to the Vince Dooley era. Since then, this game has been almost completely one-sided. Uh, at one point, Jeff Collins was getting outscored in his two games, 97-7. to seven. Um, Of course, last year, Brent Key put together a pretty good performance and had Georgia in position, or in, in kind of in an awkward position at one point in this game. But I don't know if it's going to be enough for Georgia Tech. I, I, of course, Haynes King is going to be a really talented athletic quarterback who's going to get out of the pocket and potentially do what Auburn was able to do to them earlier in the season. I just don't think the defense is going to be enough to hold. Uh, the defense has been just a sieve uh, all season. And I don't know if the scoring is going to be able to keep up. I think this might end up being like that game that we saw against Clemson. Yeah. The only way this is competitive is if Georgia doesn't take it seriously. If they are planning for Alabama, maybe trying to limit players to keep them fresh for the SEC title game, stuff like that. O on the field, it's just not there. Um, uh, look, mm. we can diagram a path to victory and with Haynes King, Haynes King using his legs and you know yeah. uh, maybe Carson Beck making a mistake. And uh, you can diagram whatever you want. It's just not going to happen. Like, it's just not there. Um, the, the real question is just <clears throat> to what – point is georgia focused on this week versus the the obvious outlier of of having to deal with alabama a week from now um look it's a great rivalry it's got a great name but it has not been competitive in recent years i don't think it will be competitive this year that being said i, I think we've seen a roller coaster of a season from georgia tech but generally the momentum is forward We'll see as we go down further in the Brent Key era at Tech if this can become a, a little bit more competitive. Um, but look, Georgia's on one of the all-time great runs in college yeah. football history <clears throat> right now. And, and Georgia Tech's a program that it, it replaced its coach a year ago and is just happy to be in a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, we're not dealing with two programs at the same place in time. 
Um, and I think it shows on Saturday. But it's also really cool that this is returning to being a night game. Uh, very excited to see it under under the lights. You've got Ludacris performing uh, before the game as well. It, it's just a cool um, it, it's a cool spot for this rivalry to be in, considering the, the games themselves have not been um, overly compelling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, this is a. I don't really see a path to victory for Georgia tech here. They just, and, that, and that's okay by the that's way. Okay. But that's okay. Like, you know, it's like at, at this stage of where Georgia tech is, they're looking to try and make this a competitive football game. And I think they can make it competitive. I just don't think that they have the depth really to win this game or, or, or really compete for all four quarters. It's just not where they are right now. Um, the times that they did win this game going back a couple of years is because of, Weird things that happened, and 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 uh, in addition to just the, the sheer deception. Uh, but Georgia's on this sort of run; they're on this trajectory that they're looking to become one of the all-time great programs, and they're on one of the best runs in the history of this game. Um, I, I just weird things happen potentially in rivalry games. Clean old-fashioned hate has seen its share, fair share of crazy things. But look, Georgia Tech hasn't won this game in Atlanta since 1999, since its head coach Brent Key was playing. Um, that was the third in, in the last time that Georgia Tech went back-to-back games, and they won three in a row uh, in that 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 run. Um, but I, I don't really see much of a path. I mean, Haynes King would have to play out of his mind. I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to let a quarterback, just the quarterback, win this game. Um, yeah. I just have a hard time believing that. Um, let's move into the Governor's Cup, Kentucky at Louisville. Look, this is another one of those rivalry games where a team has a chance to do something fantastic and destroy another team's season. Louisville's looking to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, of course, they're playing in the ACC championship game against Florida State the next week. They have a chance to burn everything to the ground for Louisville, and I know that Kentucky would love nothing more than to do that. And, and I'm looking at the quarterback, Devin Leary. I need to see him put together a full four-quarter performance. I, I really haven't seen him do that. With any sort of consistency this year, he's been such such a disappointment for Kentucky. Ray Davis has been a great player, but they got taken out last week. I mean, like it's just they just I don't know really what went went up last week against South Carolina. I, I mean that, that that's not a strong South Carolina defensive unit, but they spelled Kentucky pretty effectively. Um, I have a hard time thinking that they're going to have any level of success against Louisville. But one thing that's worth noting is. The health of Jawar Jordan, the running back for Louisville, and the health of Jamari Thrash, the wide receiver for for, for Louisville. Both of those guys are critical pieces to what Louisville wants to do. Both are a little banged up. We saw both of them sort of scuffle scuffle around in the game against Miami, and it nearly cost them the entire game. Um, Jawar Jordan, of course, is dealing with, I think it's a hamstring or something. I I can't remember what it was offhand. Um, But Jamari Thrash, they're both clearly in pain. And they're playing through some injuries. Uh, look, Kentucky, if they want to play that ground and pound physical football game, I think that that could work in, against a, an opponent like Louisville. What do you think? Yeah, I do think this is a trouble spot for Louisville with the physicality of Kentucky and what they look to do offensively and defensively <laughs> when combined with the the potential of some key players either not being 100% or, or maybe not being available at all. Um, I do yeah. think this is a, a trouble spot for Louisville. Now, if, if you get Thrash and if you get uh, Jawar Jordan healthy, 
that's a big difference because you can get those guys in space. And I, I don't think Kentucky has a very good um, way to defend them, but if they're limited, if you're holding them out for the ACC title game, anything like that, uh, I think that's a real problem. I think it makes for a very interesting contest. I'm I'm really excited. Oh, we got a new friend. <laughs> we got a little pup dog jumping into the podcast. I love it. She she can jump. Chipper can jump in here whenever she wants to. By the way, uh, I I love her her insight. It's always fantastic. Uh, but I think it makes for a very interesting game. Specifically, the Governor's Cup. Louisville's looking to play in a New Year's Six game finish its season 11 and one, uh, which would be just a, a truly magnificent season for, for Jeff Brom in his first year. Uh, but Stoops and company, man, I think they have, uh, they have the recipe potentially to really spoil Louisville season. Let's move on down South. Well, I guess up North to Boston, uh, Miami is traveling up there. I don't have too many thoughts on this one, Abe. Uh, Miami just seems to be scuffling along. Meanwhile, Castellanos and company, they, they've seemed to be ebbing after flowing uh, in the midseason. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's a little late, but I guess better late than never for Tyler Van Dyke. He actually had a pretty good game a week ago yeah. in, in the loss to Louisville. So so maybe he can keep that up this week. Um, look, I, man for man, player for player, and it's been, a, been, been an okay season for Boston College. I, I think that Miami is a better team, so I expect them to handle business uh, over the weekend. Yeah, it should make it make for an interesting game here. I'm trying to think of where they stand. I'm trying to pull up the ACC standings right here. Let's see. Boston College six and five. They had long since qualified for a bowl game. They've been scuffling as of late. Yeah, both. So both of these teams are six and five. Miami is a Red Bull two and five in the ACC. They had they. What has happened to this team? Uh, just in general, I mean, they have just faltered down the stretch in just an incredible way. I don't know what the issues are there, but they're going to have some questions to answer Mario Cristobal and company. Um, but let's move down South uh, a little bit South from there, I guess uh, Pittsburgh at Duke. Duke is a team that is just filled with what has, what could have been. Um, I think this is a much better team that plays very well at home. They're five and one at home. Now they're welcoming in a Pittsburgh team that is looking to avoid the bottom of the conference. Uh, look, I, I don't think that Duke is going to have any issues with this game necessarily. They'll play some stout defense against a team that's not going bowling and might be firing its coach at the end of the season. Pat Narduzzi has had a great run at Pittsburgh, but I don't know what's going on with him this year, but they've sort of fallen apart. Yeah, th this is one where I think both schools are just kind of turning the page and seeing what sort of momentum you can maybe build towards next year. Uh, obviously for, for Duke, Grayson Loftus is taking over the quarterback role right now. Um, had two touchdowns and an interception in, in a loss uh, to Virginia. You heard that right. They lost uh, to Virginia a week ago. So uh, it, it's just about trying to build some stuff and heading into uh, whether it be at bowl practice or, or spring um, to, to, to figure some things out because you're right about Duke. There, there was a time where they looked like they could be playing for an ACC championship. Yeah. Quarterback goes down, but it's been more than that. The physicality of the defense has been lost. Um, we saw that early in the year. It's what kept them in some very competitive games early on. Um, it's what led them to the, the season opening win over, over Clemson and kept them tight with, with Notre Dame. It's all just gone right now. It's falling apart. So they, they need to find a way to 
to reinvigorate that aspect of their game because their offense standalone is not good enough. They they were very difficult defensively, and, and that just seems to be uh, long lost at this point. It feels like they got tired. Is that just me? They, yeah. Like they ran I, out I don't of know, gas. Yeah, I mean, maybe physically they couldn't. I don't you know if they can sustain, sustain that intensity and that physicality yeah. uh, week in, week out. And look, that that's probably a depth thing, right? I mean, yeah. you look at the bigger programs who you, know, you, you could do that when you have seven, eight guys, nine guys, ten guys on the D-line. When you, you're trying to rotate three or four guys in, it, it just falls apart after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that, that that is probably the gist of it. Wake Forest is traveling up to Syracuse. Syracuse is looking to become bowl eligible for the second year in a row. Uh, but they did just fire Dino Babers, their head coach, which I thought was a little premature. I don't know what you think on that one. Uh, Wake Forest, the the bull bid is is long since passed. Potentially, they can make it in as a as a five win team, as a four win team. They have no chance. So maybe they have a little something to play for in that matter. Uh, really, at the end of the day, this is about who wants to finish at the bottom of the ACC. Uh, the loser of this game will lock in their their bid to be the worst team in the ACC, at least conference wise. That is my biggest level of of competition in this one. Syracuse, of course. They seem to have figured something out at, at, on offense. They, they just play a tight end at quarterback and then just let the rest happen. They uh, they actually completed 14 passes in a row. Uh, they were 14 of 14 while playing the tight end at quarterback, and then they s- substitute the backup quarterback at quarterback, and his first play, he throws an interception. So you tell me, Abe Gordon. <laughs> it's just a weird spot for Syracuse right now, but uh, get a win, you can go bowling. Yeah, we're trying to see if you get some new coach energy, um, w- w- which has been a theme a little bit uh, throughout the season. Only a couple of schools obviously have fired their coach. But um, look, it can go one of two ways. The guys rally together or they fall apart. And, and I still think Syracuse, uh, despite the, the huge slide from where they were 4-0 to start the season, I, I still think there's some decent stuff going on there. Uh, and it'll be up to the next guy to pick it up from where it's at. But uh, I, I do still think they're a better program than Wake Forest. And and uh, poor Dave Clawson's just getting killed for his comments about Notre Dame and how they treated uh, Sam Hartman. So um, <laughs> he, he's turned the public's opinion because of that, at least in my opinion. Uh, so I think you'll have a lot of people rooting for Syracuse in this one. I don't know about that. I think he was just I – mean, I think he was more of just making a joke. Than it was anything. Um, it did not come people, off well. He should have. He should have ran it by someone before he threw that one out there. For those who don't know, Sam Hartman, of course, was honored in a tribute. Uh, the old Wake Forest quarterback. He transferred up to Notre Dame, and they said, "Well, we will always love you, Sam Hartman." And and Dave Clawson said, "Well, he was ours first. You're only renting him, or something." And it was just, eh. It was. It, I don't think it took over too well. There weren't a lot of laughs in the crowd, but. Uh, I knew what he was getting at. They they kind of did. They did. They recruited him. They developed him. And he played there for what four or five years. Um, he's a Wake Forest guy in my eyes. He's he'll never be a Notre Dame guy. Played one year up there in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, had a great career down there at Wake Forest. Really brought them back to relevance. Uh, Dave Clawson and company. But let's move up to the state of Virginia for the Commonwealth Cup. This game wasn't played last year, Abe, due to the tragedy at the University of Virginia. Now it's going to be played at Virginia this year. Uh, Believe it or not, this is a team in Virginia Tech. They were at the top of the ACC at one point, or right there underneath Florida State, I should say. They were looking to compete for that second spot in the ACC title game. But hey, believe it or not, this is a team that's not 
eligible for a bowl game yet. They are five and six on the season. Virginia is, of course, not going to make that bowl game. They're sitting there at three and eight on the season, but they have a chance to to make it so neither team goes bowling this year. Makes for a very interesting contest. What do you say? Yeah, they're another team that's just very dependent on their quarterback, Kyron Drones, and uh, led the team, obviously led the team in passing, makes sense, uh, but also yeah. led the team in rushing a week ago. We've seen a, a couple of uh, ACC quarterbacks mm-hmm. do that throughout the year, Haynes King, Castellanos, uh, Riley Leonard earlier in the year. So it, it's another one of those offenses. Um, it, 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 I'm just – I'm befuddled at, at what Virginia Tech has become, even after, uh, obviously, Coach Beamer. Um, the ACC is not good enough to where it should fall that far. If Florida state passes you, if Miami passes you, you know, on a given year, Louisville, sure. Um, but, but the fact that they're fighting for bowl eligibility when they were one of the preeminent powers for a a 15 year stretch or so, um, is just shocking to see how quickly it can come and go. Um, but boy, oh boy, I, I they you have to think that they they have a lot of things in their favor, uh, at least this week. Um, I do think they're the better team. Um, and, and even going on the road, uh, fighting for it. And we we've talked about it with some of these other programs. Desperation mode to get to a bowl game. Uh, we'll see if Virginia Tech has that mindset as well. Yeah, should make for an interesting game there. North Carolina is traveling to Raleigh, North Carolina, for a game between the Tar Heels and the Wolfpack. Um, I couldn't find a name for this rivalry. Uh, I don't know if it has one or if it doesn't. It was just called Carolina State or something, something like that. But I think this could be a very interesting game just because you have an eight-win squad over there in NC State. By hell or high water, they are going to get to eight wins. So they got there. So we'll see what happens in this one. Can they get to nine? I don't know. They've just been the pinnacle of consistency over there during this this tenure. Uh, North Carolina, of course, is looking to rectify a, a pretty disappointing season, uh, one that started off so well and then just got derailed completely when they lost to Virginia and subsequently to Georgia Tech. Last week, they just kind of got bullied by a better football team in Clemson. What do you think about this game? Yeah, uh, look, this has been so disappointing on so many levels, but also surprising for NC State, who who have really bonded and, and come together in, at least in my mind, quite impressive fashion to 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 get to the point where they are um, nipping at the heels of Louisville. It, it, now they obviously can't get to the ACC title game, but but they they can solidify third place in the ACC with a win. Uh, against North Carolina, which which is, in my opinion, incredibly impressive. So um, they got Brendan Armstrong back. Uh, he played well a week ago in the win. And um, I don't know, just a, a really well-coached team this year by NC State. Uh, I would have thought these teams were in opposite situations coming in, that UNC was kind of in that discussion for third best. But NC State has really surprised me. They do get this game at home. And, uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see uh, probably the last uh, game uh, of the career of Drake May, I would imagine. I don't think the way that the trend has gone in terms of top quarterback <clears throat> prospects skipping bowl games, um, this is probably it for him. So we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see if he can finish it out on a high note. 